had a good session this past session, and I think that that will provide a, a great baseline of where to begin our work this coming year. MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session. Got to have the ability to get their product to market. As long as you're performing, we want to be behind you pushing. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session presented by the Mississippi Department of Transportation. I'm MDOT Deputy Director of Public Affairs, Paul Catool, and I promise my co-host Will Craft will be back very soon. We're not lying to you about that for sure. Uh, we're recording this episode on April 3rd, and the session has wrapped up. Uh, we anticipate doing a wrap-up episode soon, hopefully with uh, MDOT Executive Director Brad White. Uh, very, very soon. But uh, today we're happy to have one of our own in the studio. We have Roy Tipton, who is the Assistant Attorney General and General Counsel at MDOT. Mr. Tipton, thank you so much for uh, joining us today and speaking with us. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So I, I have here, you've been at MDOT for 31 years. That's that's quite the long time. But before then, um, you had a career, you had uh, a lot of professional experience before then. So can you kind of briefly take me through that? Uh, well, as far as professional experience, I began work at about age eight, about, well, actually age 14 in the uh, radio business and uh, did that all the way through college and uh, on uh, into a uh, little bit into law school and did some construction work uh, during law school and then uh, uh, graduated from law school and worked for the Mississippi Supreme Court for a year as a law clerk. Uh, after that, I uh, spent about 15 years in the oil and gas industry doing land titles and uh, oil and gas leasing work. And I came to, came to the Department of Transportation in uh, the 1st of July of 1992. Uh, I actually came on board the first day it became the Department of Transportation. That's, that's pretty cool right there. The first day that uh, this was officially the Department of Transportation. So, okay, so why did you get into law? Why, why did you have an interest in the law? Uh, the interest in law came from uh, my 21st birthday sitting on top of a pipeline in a chemical plant with a bucket of paint about 30 feet up and a blowing wind, and I decided I needed to uh, get an education and do something else. No doubt. It's, it's always super interesting to kind of see how people get to where they to where they are. So, so you obviously are at the top of the legal department here at MDOT. So did you work your way up or what, what was kind of your first role within MDOT? Well, first I was brought in as uh, an assistant to uh, run the eminent domain process. Uh, at that point in time, MDOT was just beginning the 87 highway program and we had extensive uh, eminent domain lawsuits going on throughout the state. At any given point in time, we would average between 250 to as high as about 1,600 lawsuits at a time. And I was basically brought in to manage that, which was similar to the work that I had been doing in the oil fields. Excellent. So uh, I know a lot of people come into state government, and the a theme is they, they say they're going to be there for a little while and ended up you know being decades and that sort of thing. Did you ever anticipate yourself having a 31-year career at MDOT? No. Absolutely not. I thought I'd be here for four or five years and then be, be moving out into private practice or doing something different. And I am very grateful uh, to several people who talked me out of leaving government. Uh, it, 
is not always uh, the the best financial thing at the moment, but at 31 years and getting ready to go into retirement and thinking back over what life would have been like in private practice as opposed to government service, um, it's uh, it it's it's worked out. It's worked out very well, and I'm very pleased uh, as I look at the uh, retirement benefits that are available and the. Uh, the way the system works, I, I think uh, we're going to be very well pleased in retirement. Um, and the, uh, the other thing is that in private law practice, you tend to specialize, you tend to wind up doing the same thing over and over again, or similar things. Um, with government service, you never know what you're going to do tomorrow morning. That is, that is a very cool thing. I think we were discussing before this, you you know, you come in, think you're going to do one thing, and every day is definitely a surprise. So, yeah, you kind of sold uh, state service for us a little bit. Kind of sell MDOT. I know it's it's really a family-like atmosphere here. You know, I've been here for seven years and made a ton of friends, lots of meaning, meaningful work here at the DOT. So why why MDOT? Well, MDOT was the, was the opportunity that was available. I had talked to the Attorney General's office on several occasions about working for the uh, – for the state, but uh, the opportunity came up at MDOT, and I just basically uh, took the opportunity given to me and, and worked with it. Um, when you talk about MDOT, the thing that impressed me most about this was that I really came in with an attitude, and the attitude was the attitude of private enterprise, and basically that everybody that uh, was working for government was was there uh, for uh, various reasons, but none of them uh, had to do with them being super intelligent and uh, on top of their game. And when I came to MDOT, I found that I was 180 degrees off, that everybody that I encountered at MDOT was extremely capable, very knowledgeable, very well-educated, and, uh, and knew what they were doing. Um, it's the difference between being on the outside looking in and being on the inside looking out. And it, it made uh, quite an impression on me. Uh, one of the earliest things that I remember is going to a seminar on the use of demonstrative, edu- uh, demonstrative evidence in lawsuits. And basically you're, you're talking about telling a story. And the demonstrative evidence was all about uh, well, we can go out and we can hire these people and they can, they can, they can do cartoon-type characters. You see some of them on television today. Uh, even lawyers are beginning to use them to sell their adver- you know, in their advertising. But uh, we were in a, in a lawsuit involving a, uh, uh, what is called a cofferdam, which is basically a structure around a, uh, a piling. And just the, the very, the term itself doesn't, doesn't register with anyone outside the construction business. And I went down and, and asked the folks at MDOT, can you do a piece of demonstrative evidence that shows what a cofferdam is and how it's done? Didn't hear anything for a week or so, and then all of a sudden they came back up and said, we got something for you. And they rolled out a computer animation 
of the building of a project with a cofferdam, which is it's not a simple thing to do, and they had done it in less than two weeks' time, which if I had gone to the outside, we would probably have played oh, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and probably would have had to wait a month. Um, it, it was very impressive, and it was done in-house in the bridge division at MDOT. That is very impressive for sure. So we buried the lead a little bit. So you were actually uh, retiring at the end of June, correct? That's correct. All right. So 31, you don't want to keep on going? 31, oh, calling I'm, it. I'm just, I am just, I finally decided it's time for me to figure out what I'm going to do now that I have grown up. I love that. That's amazing right there. So so you mentioned a really cool story just, just then, but so there's some other really cool things you've done. So uh your first contract was a design contract for the Greenville Bridge around 95, correct? This is correct. Tell me about that. Well, it, it was an interesting project. It, it, I worked on several phases of the Greenville Bridge, but we were hiring uh, an outside firm to actually do the design work, and that was one of the first outside design contracts that had been done. Uh, MDOT was largely an in-house operation in 1992 when I came here. Uh, the Greenville Bridge was just something that was going to be uh, overwhelming and was not um, the focus of the bridge division. The bridge division designed uh, multiple bridges, but they tended to all fall into the same set of uh, characteristics. The Greenville Bridge, being a cable-stayed bridge, was something new and something totally different. And so we went outside and interviewed uh, outside design firms and then had to put a contract together. And it was the first time I'd ever seen a design contract, and it was, uh, it was quite an effort, quite, an, quite interesting. Um, at, at later phases, I was uh, called on to talk to uh, the upper-level management about uh, sending our engineers to Canada to actually watch the uh, wind tunnel testing of that bridge. Uh, I don't know if you've been downstairs. They actually have a model of the bridge downstairs, and that model was put into a wind tunnel and was, uh, was tested there. Uh, it, it was an interesting process. The Corps of Engineers was involved. We actually had to obtain permits from them to cross the levees and uh, to do borings on the levees. Um, that was... Uh, that was another, another phase, another aspect of it. And then when we got into the actual construction of the bridge, uh, we, had to, we had some uh, interesting negotiations. I don't know if you realize it or not, but the Mississippi River Bridge at Greenville is mostly in Arkansas. Oh, yes. And we had tax ramifications because our contractors pay one kind of tax in Mississippi and another kind of tax in Arkansas. And so it was uh, a delicate negotiation between the Mississippi uh, Tax Commission and the uh, Arkansas Tax Commission as to how we were going to go about apportioning the taxes and how much the taxes would be on the contractors that were actually building the bridge. Oh, wow, that's, that's pretty wild. It's a, really a breathtaking structure, so you've got to be proud to be, be a part of that process, huh? Well, it, it, it's amazing. You don't realize it when you come up uh, from the south on Highway 1 and you see this colossus rising out of the cotton fields. 
it is rather astounding. And to see it in the evening when it's lit is amazing. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Going to take an evening trip to check out the, uh, the Greenville Bridge for sure. So uh, there was another, uh, another story that I wanted to ask you about, a story or topic. So uh, you helped buy the right-of-way for uh, several railroads, including the Tanglefoot Trail and the Long uh, Leaf Trace. Can you kind of tell me about that? Well, I wasn't terribly um, involved in the Longleaf Trace other than preparing the lease agreement between the Longleaf Trace and uh, the Department of Transportation. Another of my colleagues actually participated in buying the Longleaf Trace, but I was responsible for uh, working out the terms of the lease agreement. Uh, I did, uh, at the request of the Attorney General, represent the, uh, the, it's actually the Gulf Mobile and Ohio Rails to Trails District, the GM&O Rails to Trails District that actually built the Longleaf Trace. But they had put together a group um, of uh, interested counties up there that wanted to build to convert this railroad to a Rails to Trails project. And I was asked to uh, help help them obtain the right-of-way from the railroad and then uh, then helped with the facilitation. Travis Wampler up in uh, District uh, 1 was the person who oversaw all of the engineering work and uh, and basically was the project manager. But, you know, I, I put the documents together, uh, helped get the appraisals done, and basically uh, dealt with the right-of-way phase of it. Oh, that's amazing. So some great stories, anecdotes so far. I do want to ask you, before uh, the show started, you were talking about selling a helicopter that was already sold. <laughs> so I'm going to have to ask you to explain what you meant by that. Well, I don't know that we need to publish that one, but um, that <laughs> okay. uh, we, we actually, the DOT had acquired a helicopter from the Bureau of Narcotics oh. um, with uh, some proceeds of a, of a drug bust. And we had the helicopter in the name of the Department of Transportation. There had been legislation that all uh, airplanes had to be titled in the name of the Department of Finance and Administration. And the Department of Finance and Administration um, called our attention to that when when we had already auctioned the helicopter off and were ready to sign the title over. And we had to... uh, we, we basically negotiated with the Department of Finance and Administration, got an opinion uh, from uh, the, I believe we got that opinion from maybe informally from the audit department that a helicopter was not an airplane so that uh, they, they could sign off on the title. So it was, it was just a fine line distinction between it's an aircraft, but it is not an airplane. And we were able to... Uh, transfer that helicopter out and if I remember correctly we got almost as much money back if not more than we paid for the helicopter which uh, went in back into uh, law enforcement uh, uh, budgets. Amazing so that just goes to tell you never know what you're going to be dealing with when you work in state government you wake up and come into the office so um, we uh, we have a question that we always ask it's Will Craft's question, of course, and so I'm sure you, in your job at MDOT, you know, in your free time, you've traveled all over Mississippi highways, so what is your favorite place to get a bite to eat at when you're out traveling? 
putting you on the spot. Mm. Of course, I love everything uh, down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. That's that's always one of my favorites. If I had to say that I wanted to uh, stop, and and I know what you're I know what you're looking you're looking for a a restaurant type place there 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 there's too many of those if i if i get into that i I will just absolutely uh i'll I'll make enemies everywhere but uh one one of the one of the things that we do whenever we travel south we always stop at a little bakery in hattiesburg and the bakery's name is jody's okay jody's is across the street from uh forest general hospital and I cannot go through that part of the state without stopping, and I bring goodies back for the office and for the house. My do- I'm calling my daughter from, from Jody's, saying, what's your order? And I'm, I'm bringing, I'm bringing uh, goodies back from Jody's. So Jody's uh, uh, Bakery down in Hattiesburg is uh, one of my favorite stops. Uh, of course, there, there are numerous uh, restaurants across the state that are, that are all fabulous. That's great. So we, uh, just like an elected official, they don't like to answer that question. They don't like to offend anybody, but we, uh, we got an answer out of you. Jody's Iceberg. <laughs> Definitely it, go check, check that it out. out. Check it out. Will do. Um, one of the things when you talk about traveling the state, one of the, one of my favorite sayings is that if you don't like the roads in Mississippi, just cross the border, <laughs> just, cross, just cross the border in any direction and 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 travel about 30 miles and tell me you found a better road absolutely we love uh mississippi highways we loves our love our roads and bridges in mississippi so uh lots of great stories anecdotes like i said before we get out of here um what's next in your life mr tipton what are you what are you doing again just uh you know trying to figure out what i'm gonna do now that i've grown up uh we have a my wife has a small tree farm up in uh, Flora, and I'll be spending a little bit of time up there. The, the immediate thing is to go to Montana. I have a granddaughter okay. that was promised a trip out west when COVID hit, and okay. she, the, that was after she, uh, she graduated with her master's degree from Memphis State. And so we are going to uh, Yellowstone and then on up to Glacier National Park. We're going to spend about a month on the road. Wow, I'm jealous. That's, that's amazing. Well, I'm sure your granddaughter is very happy that uh, cashing it in and uh, following up on that promise. That sounds amazing. Well, hope you all have a great time on the trip. Well, we're looking forward to it. Yes, sir. So thank you so much for coming and joining uh, us today, Mr. Tipton, and thank you for your for your service, 31 years. That's amazing. Well, just hang in. You'll be there in, an, in, the, in the blink of another eyelid. All right. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up there. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in to the Extra Mile podcast. Remember, you can watch and listen to episodes by visiting goemdot.com forward slash the extra mile. Be sure to follow us on social media at Mississippi DOT is the handle there. We want to thank our producer, Katie Hornsby, our editor, Drew Hall. Remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi highways. Mm-hmm.